I preached on this gospel probably more than any gospel uh, because it's uh, probably 70% of the time it's chosen for uh, funerals. And, um, you know, just uh, over the years, right, that's quite a bit of repetition. But it, it comes to us on the heels of three weeks of a focus on discipleship. And anytime I see that the, the gospel is moving toward discipleship, I have sort of a, I kind of get a, what do you call it, in the pit of your stomach, you know, because I know that to present the Lord's words and understanding about or direction about discipleship means conveying how difficult it is. If, it, if it's not conveyed to you that the demands of discipleship are great, then I, I haven't done my job. And so if you think about the last three weeks, he's been t- teaching his apostles about what it means to follow him and how hard it's going to be. So he's preparing them to go out. And he's basically saying, look, I'm going to send you out, proclaim my word, do all this stuff, but know that it's going to be really difficult. People are going to persecute you. They're going to harm you. They're, they're going to reject you. You know, you will be hated by all on account of me. And then even last week, he says, in fact, you need to prefer nothing more than me. Right? You need to even, if necessary, reject your family and friends, your homes, everything. If that's getting in the way of me, it's a problem. And of course, why would he say that to the apostles? Well, you know, so many of them were married, right? They had uh, professions, as it were. They had a way of, you know, they're providing for their families and all the rest, right? I mean, these are, these are men. So at that day and age, right? I mean, it was their responsibility to provide for their families. And the Lord is basically sending them out, away from all that they love. So on the heels of that, he then says this. In other words, don't be afraid. Yes, I'm sending you out. But take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest. I'm sure when the the apostles were sitting there and they (laughs) they were hearing all of these things that they're going to run into, okay, I'm going to send you out. And they're thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to go out and you're going to be hated, persecuted. It's going to be awful. It's going to be rough. They're thinking, whoa, I didn't know that was part of this. You know, I didn't, we didn't know we were getting in for that. And how many times have we had that sort of experience? When you're young, you know, and you get married or uh, you become a priest, such as my case, um, you're young, you're idealistic, you're energetic about it, and you tend to see it uh, naively, because you can't see it any, any other way because it's new, right? I mean, that's the essence of, of being naive. It's just new. You, you can't know what you yet don't know. And so it's only years later that as a, as a husband, you're saying, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but not necessarily in a bad way. But you might say that, you know, and I I really don't mean that pejoratively toward your wives or wives toward your husbands or even as parents or as a priest. But it just so happens that as we live our lives and then all that comes with it, the decisions we've made, it gets hard. It just gets hard because it's hard. And so it's it's a common emotion to, to, to just say, well, I didn't, I mean, I love my wife. I love my family. I love the priesthood. But I didn't know it was going to be like this. 
And life can weigh us down. You know, and then you get the, the religion aspect of it, right? The demands of Christ, which are great. Already we live our lives, there are all these demands, right? If you're in school, and thankfully it's summer, but when you go back to school, there's gonna be all these demands and you feel the burden of that. And it's actually a preparation for what the rest of your life is gonna be like, right? Because we live our lives as adults, that's what it is. Lots of responsibilities, lots of demands. It doesn't really get easier. I think we get better at it, hopefully, but it doesn't really get easier. So that's just sort of, you know, raising our families and, and living our vocation. But then it's living in the world. And the world itself is problematic in all kinds of ways. And, you know, I'm not picking any particular, it doesn't even matter what side of whatever issue. It's just, you know, really hard. It's really difficult to live in the world, especially um, in a post-Christian world, to, to be a faithful Christian and to live in the world because the, it feels as though, you know, the world is fighting against us in so many ways. And it should feel that way because the world is moving more and, away, more and more away from its, particularly Western civilization, moving away from its Christian origins. So it's going to feel, there's gonna be all this tension, right? And I've talked about that. I talked about that at length last week. Quite a bit at length, by the way, because when I was uploading my homily, I looked at it, I'm like, 24 minutes? My poor people. <laughs> so I'm gonna wind this down a little bit sooner today. Sorry about that. Just know when I get going on philosophy and or culture, just buckle up because it's probably going to take a while once I get down that, that trajectory. Okay. Now, how then, given all of this, right, given how hard the world is, how hard just, you know, raising our families can be, how difficult marriage is, and I know how difficult marriage can be. because I hear your confessions. <laughs> no, I don't know it from experience. I know it from you. And it's okay. It's, it's okay that good things are hard, but it doesn't make them less hard. So given how hard and difficult everything is, the demands of the gospel, how can the Lord's burden be light? How can we find rest? There's two ways. The first is this, to remember that we are eternal beings. The more we try to simply secure everything in this life and make sure everything is right and, and perfect in this life, the more we will be disappointed because we were not created ultimately for this life. The more we try to live for this life, the more that we are actually acting against our creation and our creator. And so the tensions that we feel with that of course, are real, and they should be, right? And, and it's common for us to look for all kinds of human solutions to problems that never get solved. There is no single politician who's going to fix it. There's no sing single doctor or scientist or priest or bishop or pope. No one's going to fix it because God didn't make it to be fixed by us anyway. So the first thing is to remember, just always remember, we are destined for eternity. We are not destined for this. Although as we experience this life, we should pursue goodness, absolutely. 
We should pursue goodness because the pursuit of goodness and virtue is a good in and of itself. And the more that we pursue goodness, the more that we are oriented toward our ultimate good, who is God. So we teach our kids to pursue goodness, and we, we teach each other to try to be, you know, the best that we can because it's good to be good. It's its own reward. It doesn't feel that way when you're growing up. Be honest. Tell, you, tell the truth. Be accountable. It doesn't feel that way. But the more, the more that we grow in virtue, the more we recognize that we're actually freer than the one who doesn't have virtue or at a time when we did not have it. So remember that we are destined for eternity, not this. And then the second thing, which is the more pragmatic part of this, but and more of the guts and the day-to-day of it, is this. Your children don't belong to you. Your wife doesn't belong to you. Your husband doesn't belong to you. You don't belong to me. The world doesn't belong to us. In fact, we don't even belong to ourselves. The created cannot tell the creator that he belongs to himself. Just like the symphony cannot tell Mozart that it belongs to itself. It belongs to Mozart, right? The the war and peace, you know, doesn't belong to itself. It was created by its author, Tolstoy, right? Yeah. Never read that one. That's really long. <laughs> so, so too, we who are created do not belong to ourselves. And the things that cause us pain are, what causes us pain is when we're not living the right amount of detachment. Because what are we concerned about? We have fears and anxieties and worries about what? What's going to happen to our kids? What's going to happen to our family? What's going to happen to our spouse? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to the world? And we get so kind of uh, off track because we start to think that these concerns or fears are actually under our control. Yeah, when they're little, your job is to, you know, train them and fix them. (laughs) <laughs> and orient them toward what they should be, you know, the kids. Then you let them go. They don't belong to you. As my mother said very often, and, I, and this is just, I think, very wise. I'm sure she wasn't the only one who said this. And this is about the kids. This is about everything. Give it to God. Just give it to God. Do what you can and then give it to God. So you raise your kids the best you can teach them everything you can, and then you stand by them throughout their lives. But at a certain point, when they're out, you know, at 45, when they're out of the house, they're their, their own, and then give it to God. They're kind of now God's problem. And the world, you know, we get so tense about it, so frustrated and so much anxiety, and, and this is understandable. But part of the reason it happens is because we still feel like we ought to be able to control something about it. Now, we do the best we can to bring goodness, to correct uh, injustice, if we can, but we are not God. And that, that first original sin just keeps coming back. Adam and Eve, the temptation was that they would be like God. And that temptation for us over everything that's ours creates suffering 
So the, that which God seeks to give us today is peace and comfort and consolation. And the way to get there is think about all of those things you're worried about. Your kids, finances, your job, the world, your spouse, whatever it is, your health, whatever those fears are. And I invite you to give them to God. Let go of those burdens. We do what we can, but then we let God be God and recognize that we are not him and live in the freedom of allowing him to have dominion over what he has created. Let God be in charge and let go. Please stand.